Hello, ladies and gentlemen, what is up? It is I, John. And I'm Britt. She's the beautiful. He's the nerdy. And welcome to the Self Center Podcast, the late Halloween episode. <laughs> Tonight, as we're recording this, we actually put up the bonus and. We're going to try to edit this and get it out tonight. All the Halloween stuff is probably going to be due for an edit soon, so you'll see different times by the time you're probably listening to this, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. As of the moment, it was the November the 12th. It'll be November 13th when this is up, <laughs> but I'd like to thank you all for coming. So, obviously, this is a second part to the Scooby-Doo series. So, first episode, we did the first two, which was, of course, What a Night for a Night, I think the first one's called. And the other one's Get a Clue, or A Clue for Scooby-Doo, right? Was it Get a Clue? I think it was A Clue, actually. A Clue for Scooby-Doo. A Clue for Scooby-Doo. So, today we're doing Hassle in the Castle. And mind your own business, which is Brittany's favorite episode of the whole series. Yep, mine's the one with the minor 49er. It's kind of crazy to think that that's only episode four, though. Mm-hmm. So, now last episode that we did on Scooby, we actually talked about the characters a little in depth, mm-hmm. which, by the way, there is a second bonus that comes out. Right after this one, where I'm going to be reposting a bonus version of that first Scooby episode, minus the character analysis, I know that that's kind of something that I've been asked once or twice to to do. It's not going to be hard for me to make, so I'm just going to put that out as a bonus for season one. So there will be two bonuses so far. I think that about covers everything we need to talk about right off the bat, right? So, so. with that, let's get on in to tonight's first episode, Hassle in the Castle. Now, keep in mind that we were watching Scooby on Tubi TV, I think it was last time, but we have switched to the Mm -hmm. official Complete Series DVD. Yep. There's actually a weird side note. Mm -hmm. This Hassle in the Castle episode is listed in the DVD as episode two. So they're actually out of order. Get a Clue was the second episode, though. We actually had to Uh, to check that. Yeah, we looked it up to (laughs) make sure. So weirdly, if you guys... It's not really like this is a canon show or anything, so it doesn't need to be in order. Right. Just a... Just a weird little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we start with kind of what happens is we zoom in on the gang on a boat that <laughs> is super foggy. They see a little haunted looking castle and it's on an island. So, this is where the generic sheet ghost episode is. So, that's our monster for the day, is what I'm going to refer to as the sheet ghost. But just know, it is the ghost that looks like he's a white sheet with two cut out eyes. 
Um, this one, just like the rest of them so far, has been burned into my memory forever. I do love it. I do like that it's actually such a generic ghost. You know, I feel like that image of a ghost was done well here. Fortunately, they actually did something pretty creative we'll get into at the end of the talk for Hassel in the Castle on how they made the ghost transparent, how he goes through walls. Because, as you might have remembered from our first talk, Scooby is a non-magical or supernatural universe. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as supernatural or magic or anything like it. So... That being said, I'm gonna. There's gonna be a bit of like jumping around because we we took these notes as we did it, the watching and stuff. So, first of all, how did you feel about the atmosphere? Because this is where I like it. It gave off kind of like that, like gothic kind of feel. Yeah, you see, that's what I was thinking. It kind of reminds me. Of Bram Stoker's Dracula, like, the movie itself. Or, like, the one show, uh, The Adams Family. Yeah, it, it just puts me in the mind of that real medieval or dark, gruesome-looking castle. You know, I, I love scenes like that and settings like that. Me too. Some people think it's played out, but honestly, there's I a know, reason it. that it is a trope of horror. And that is because it is dark and gritty. I mean, you can't get mm -hmm. better than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, just a really good place to put a sheet ghost. Because to my memory, this is the darkest looking set so far. It's like the one that I'd classify as the most creepy. We had a little bit of a night museum for the first one. Second one was mostly underwater and on a beach. This is the first one that I could say is a classic horror set that they went to i thought that was really clever right so but now we're going to talk a bit about a bust because we already can tell you the ghost used a spyglass oh you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that ghosts can't interact with things in the human world so that's already your first kind of look at the fact that this is still going to be a human in the end. Right. And it was kind of a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Um, obviously, there is going to be heavy spoilers for all of this stuff today. So this is where the spoilers begin. We leave the realm of theory the first thing I always think about when I look at a Scooby episode is what's kind of the fun parts of it. The first thing that really stuck out to me is a memory of me always wanting to try one of Shaggy's super, like... I know, right? Super sand, stack sandwiches. Super stacks. Like, he'll have a whole loaf of bread turned into a big deli sandwich. Um, he called this one the Super Shaggy Sandwich. I can't remember all of the stuff. I know Marshmallow was on it. Along with a typical sandwich um, style thing. Like, it had all the fixings of a regular deli sandwich, though. <laughs> he, likes, he likes ham, so probably a lot of ham. Oh, yeah. That's probably a thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Brits just basically has been laying down for a while, so if she if she kind of yawns today, that's exactly why. Um, we're still trying to wake up a little bit. The fun thing is, is that Scooby steals the sandwich. It was a pretty <laughs> fun little thing. And he's like, "Well, at least he left me the olive." Comes back and <laughs> takes the olive. It's. <laughs> It's just the simple and then goofball the, I thing. I love it because the cutest part of that is where he says, uh, I can't even get a bites. Bite in edgewise. Yeah, bite in edgewise. <laughs> yeah. Their, their dynamic is just as strong as it always will be and always has been <laughs> in this series. So that was just, it was just relaxing to see something like that, if you ask me. It's it's weirdly comforting. This is This is a cartoon that comforts me a lot. Um, and that's the kind of moments that make me feel comfy, <laughs> is when they're just being people. Right. Whenever the kind of facade comes down and they are just being the implied teenagers they are, that's when things get a little just chill. I could watch them <laughs> sit around and eat chips on a couch for 20 right. minutes if you ask me. And they'd find a way to make it charming. So they finally dock on the haunted island. The haunted island, I guess I should say. It's not really. And of course, the first thing they do is Scooby starts barking and chasing a scrap of paper. Which ends up being a crab that grabs is carrying nose. the paper that grabs his nose. <laughs> <laughs> so when they look at it it happens to just be a map that are haunted yeah something <laughs> we'll leave that as a you guys tell us type thing but it, <laughs> it was along the lines of beware get out basically <laughs> you know they're you better leave you better leave or we're gonna get you <laughs> we're gonna get you no. <laughs> I don't know why I devolved into talking to a dog <laughs> style talk here. This is actually, these two episodes have a couple of tropes. One we'll get into in the second episode. This is the first time Daphne had a disappearance. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the beginning of her pratfalls. Her... Yeah, she fell through a uh... yeah, She fell through a trapdoor. And so, it just kind of felt weird. Because, like, spoilery thing for the next episode is, she fell into a trapdoor in that one, too. Right. But, it's like we said in the character analysis, she basically only ever gets caught, or falls into a trap, mm -hmm. or this or that. She's always disappearing. And sadly, we're not going to get back into it, but it's just kind of sad to see every time we watch these episodes, that they just don't do much with her. I will have to give her some credit in the next episode, though. For reasons I'll go into then. Because it'll become relevant. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about up to the point of her disappearance. Because that's when things started kind of happening. <laughs> so, she falls down... Um, we don't see her for a minute. This is all going at a mile a second, by the way. We're talking blink and you miss a joke. Mm -hmm. 
And that's kind of what I like about some Scooby-Doo pacing. At this point, Shaggy and Scooby are kind of just walking through a little hallway. <laughs> and he wishes for a ham sandwich. Oh, and it just pops it floats up. down. And then he, he says, oh, he well, says, it'd be nice with some could use mustard. mustard. It floats down behind him. <laughs> and then he puts it down on a, the table, looks at it. He's like, well, if this is my imagination, then I'm, hopefully my imagination can cut this in half or something like that. And the axe An axe uh, that was being held by one of those old knight statues cuts it in comes half. down and slams its axe down and cuts it in half. He freaks out, Almost runs away. Then he comes back, grabs the sandwich, and keeps going. Because sandwich, and then he goes back and gets it. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, at this point, they've started seeing the ghost here and there. You know, it's just like with every one of them where they're going to walk through a bit. They're doing them, uh, the whole entire, oh, there's the ghost. Gotta run. It's it's something that I really wish I could say more about, but you know how it goes with that. Right. The next real big story beat that we really noticed was when there was a sign and a bit of a preliminary look at who it could be behind the mask this time. There was a magic box that was used to cut Shaggy in half. <laughs> And there was a dummy head that popped out of the top, and Velma saw it. Mm-hmm. So, that's where it starts to crack a bit. The facade started cracking. Yeah. In the very next minute, I'm talking blink and you miss it, Fred finds a carpet and says a magic mm-hmm. word and it starts flying around. Yeah, it starts flying. That's pretty much what happens. They find a couple more clues and a couple more magician gimmick items. And this is where the trap comes in. Yep. Fred finally decides on a trap. It was basically kind of like a mouse trap, but a bigger version. Funny thing is, it kind of actually reminded me of Mouse Trap, the board game. There was literally a bowling ball that gets set off. It drops an anvil. You know, it's just one of those Rube like Goldberg-style crazy, crazy 50 things happen and then you catch the person type thing. Well, they give Scooby some Scooby snacks. And then <laughs> he sets off the trap again. Scooby set off the trap again. I'm actually starting to wonder if I've misremembered, but does Scooby always, like, mess up the trap? No. Because he did in the next episode in a certain way as well. He messed the trap up in, um... I don't think he always messes Clue for Scooby-Doo. I'm sure he doesn't. Or does he? I can't remember. I... But for the three traps we've seen... It's my favorite show, but I haven't been watching it. Because there wasn't a trap I'm remembering in the Night for a Night episode. I think they do, actually, and they end up ha- catching them in a different way. He, actually. Th- in a clue for Scooby-Doo, 
Scooby busted it, but didn't end up mattering, and they caught him anyways. I was going to say, I actually, and I do think they do end up setting it off, and then they have to set another one. Scooby actually falls out of the trap where he got caught in it, and lands straight on the ghost. <laughs> which happens to be it. a man called Bluestone the Great. He is a magician. Um, and side note about Bluestone, mm -hmm. I do like, because this actually explains the floating sandwiches, the flying carpets, and all of that. Right. Um, I do think it's very cool that they use the gimmick of the magician to basically explain everything away immediately. You mean, fishing line for the sandwich. <laughs> I mean, that one... It isn't explained, but just seeing that it's a magician, come on. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> it's As soon as you see it's a magician, just boom. All of it's explained. Except for one thing. What was he after, and how did he phase through the walls? And how did he be transparent? Well, turns out he was after... The Vasquez treasure, which I assume Vasquez is the name of the castle's owners whenever they were alive. Just whenever that was, I mean. It's just a fabled treasure that was on that island and he tried to scare the gang right. away to keep but searching. They, they weren't afraid, they just kept going at him. Yep. It turns out that how he phased through walls and all that was that he was using trick mirrors and a special projector. And if he'd step away from the mirror he was in front of, he could look like he vanished through the wall. So, very much re reminiscent of the Houdini act and all that good stuff. I love it. I am a card magician, so I do love sleight of hand. I didn't, there was no sleight of hand or anything, but... We already talked about the box, too. Yeah, we talked about the okay. box. Um... So it was really cool to see some magician tropes in there as that kind of stuff really does intrigue me. I do mm -hmm. love that. And always my favorite part of every one of them is the last part where he says, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you kids. And your meddling dog. No, and your stupid dog too. Was it stupid dog in this? Well, it wasn't that one, that one, but on the or a lot of the other ones it is. You meddling kids in your stupid dog. Yeah, that's what I keep it messing is. up. Meddling kids. It's it's something that's kind of hard because they have changed it over the years. Weirdly. Like, I never noticed they ever changed it. I always thought it was you meddling kids in your dog. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it, they say... Sometimes and you, it's it, not, though. Sometimes, it's weird. sometimes they'll say, and your stupid dog, too. <laughs> well, on, there was another one where it said, uh, and I wouldn't would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And then he didn't, they, they didn't say it's Scooby, and Scooby just went, ahem, and he's like, and your stupid dog, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. So, we did a character breakdown in the last episode that featured Scooby. This time, we're going to talk about a fan theory, but before we get started on that... Um, it's going to be a very short section so we can get on to the next episode. But I do want to tell you, I subscribe to this theory. 
But remember, this is still a fan theory. It is not canon. I do want to keep that as a very stressed point here. It's something that's fun for your own brain, you know? And if you like this theory, that's cool. If you don't like it, that's also cool. But that being said, I do believe very heavily in this. So... The fan theory suggests that Scooby-Doo is set in a country that has suffered an economic collapse. We have three bullet points here. This is in r slash fan theories by Random Dog. With a zero instead of the O in dog. But this is very old. I don't know if this is the original post. So if there is an older post, do forgive I just had to look for it. So here are the three bullet points, and then we'll give our thoughts and move on. So, all the places the gang go to are in some way broken. It's always a rundown hotel, abandoned theme park, unused airfield, etc., etc. Cool. Mm -hmm. A large number of the nefarious schemes have the goal of acquiring money, but the villains themselves are often scientists, engineers, entrepreneurs are generally intelligent people who would have no trouble getting a stable and legal well-paid job in a functioning society. That's where I'm pretty sure that this is starting to make a lot of sense. Right. Further, Shaggy can't afford food for himself and his dog, so they both subsist almost entirely on biscuits. The exception to this is when they happen to stumble upon real food. And look how excited they get whenever they do, eating like they don't know where their next meal is coming from because they genuinely don't. I do still think that it's fun to think that Shaggy is a stoner, but this does feel a little more like it, you know? Right. I feel like later series, we have no idea if this is the last series in the timeline, but... Let's remember that this is non-serialized, so there is no timeline. Hell, how many times have we seen the gang meet each other? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is the true canon? And no one will ever know, so we might as well just come together and pick your favorite. (laughs) It goes on to say it still doesn't answer the question of why the gang are driving around solving mysteries in the first place, but hey, everyone needs a hobby, I suppose. (laughs) That's kind of where we're going to end it on this fan theory. I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but one thing I've got to add to this that is a bit weird is during the Castle in the Castle episode, there is a moment where the ghost warns them to get out by saying, leave or you will pay. To which Shaggy responds, I'll pay. I've got four bits. Bits? I've looked this up. Two bits is equal to a Spanish quarter. Mm-hmm. So... Four bits would equal up to about 50 cents. So, there is a few other places that use bits as a term, but considering they are speaking American, 
it feels kind of likely that he's referring to the Spanish bit. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the fan theory and try to look through the series. Take a subjective look and see if you can notice anything just like I did. You might be a little surprised what you find. Now we begin with mind your own business. The one with minor 49er. By the way, Hassle in the Castle for me gets a solid six. Um, Its background is what has me the most intrigued. Six for me too. And the magic stuff is good. I give minor 49er though a 10 because that's my favorite. Super weak capture and I'm going to be honest, even though I do love the magician and the horror scene and all that. Mind your own business is probably going to get a higher rating than this one. Gets a 10 for me. <laughs> because the the sheet ghost is just kind of a lame villain. Well, like, I don't know about giving it minor 49 or a 10 either, because the guy kind of just looks like a regular Joe. Yeah. I feel like he's better than a sheet ghost. I'll give it an 8. But... Um, even though this is a very strong episode, Hassel in the Castle does get a six. Um, let's go on to Gold City, which is where we find our heroes in Mind Your Own Business. The gang is in the mystery machine trying to look at a map figuring out where they are mm-hmm. when they see a guest ranch in a place called Gold City, where Big Ben, the owner, offers them a room. Immediately, he asks the caretaker to take their bags and stuff and show them to their rooms. I don't think they had bags, actually, but he would have. I think he would have, though. Um, there was actually a pretty nerdy, fun little detail we noticed, by the way. If you look during the time they're talking near the beginning, Velma has pink lipstick on. It is in no other parts we are aware say, of so went, far. Like, for the rest of the episode, I don't know, but it was in that first part. I imagine that somebody in the animation room did that by accident or thought she was supposed to have it, but it slipped <laughs> through regardless, and that is probably the nerdiest detail I've ever pointed out on this show so far. <laughs> but it's legitimately kind of confusing to see her with pink lips it's actually a little off-putting right so if you watch the mind your own business episode watch during the beginning scenes at velma real hard and eventually you're going to see some pink lipstick and if you watch any kind of like scooby-doo shows just keep an eye on like details yeah because you're going to find some cool stuff in the backgrounds and Mm -hmm. all that hank the caretaker takes them to their rooms Mm -hmm. and then he tells them about the minor 49er, which is our resident ghost. So they decide to go around the town and just kind of chill about, look around. The Undertaker building is kind of in the background. It loses one of its hinges and breaks a piece off of it and scares some Shaggy and Scooby. I thought they were going to go in there and find him first off but no they're going all around the town and all that they weirdly don't go into the mine though they actually start by going into a hotel 
where they actually come across a map that's hidden inside of a statue. Now he's starting to kind of chase the gang around, just like with the ghost, you know. Chase around, chase around, yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm sorry if I keep on having to say something like that for these kind of episodes, but there's always a point where they haven't quite discovered a clue yet or anything, and the ghost is chasing them. Sadly, that's one of the most interchangeable and kind of oddly hard to talk about things about the whole series. I kind of brushed over it in volume one when we were talking about it last time because of this reason. Where it gets kind of interesting again, though, is when they actually find a little safe and Shaggy tries to crack it, even though the map that they found earlier has the has the actual code on it, and he <laughs> just messes around. Then Scooby just straight up comes up and opens it up as if it was never locked. Oh, and then Fred wants him to go in there, and he just faints like he's sick. No, he faints like a chicken. Yeah. He does a really good oh, chicken impression. Oh, yeah, that's impression. the other one where he faints like a chicken. I have that in my notes that he had a good impression the of a chicken. The other one was Catacombs on the other one, wasn't it? Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I meant to put good impression of a chicken in front of the elevator, but for some reason I put good chicken impression of a chicken. <laughs> huh. Yeah, the one I was thinking was on the last one. But anyways, yeah. so yeah, he feigns like a chi- acts like a chicken. So <laughs> and it's so hilarious. They give him some Scooby snacks to convince him to get into the elevator with the rest of the gang. And it just drops him. And when they All get in, the Shaggy finds some dynamite, thinks it's candles, and lights, and lights them. them. And then throws them. <laughs> and then he throws them and they blow up and yada yada yada. Then more of the walkabouts happen, you know, like always. (laughs) It's not like they're any less funny. There's some gags thrown in there. After they've split up and they've looked around a while, Freddy falls through the floor and gets covered in flour. Then Shaggy Shaggy and Scooby open a door that, from where they were exploring, Sees Freddy, thinks he's a ghost, and runs off. <laughs> That's a really, really funny gag to me. Because, like, wouldn't they kind of just notice it was Freddy? <laughs> like, really. <laughs> like, really, guys. <laughs> Good job. Can't even recognize your own teammate. But this is actually, a, like I was telling you, there was a, another new trope that we were going to talk about earlier. Well... This is where it comes in. Because Shaggy and Scooby and the gang find some minecarts. And they start riding in them. This is the first hall gag. You know, where there's like a hallway. And then they keep coming out of different doors and stuff. (laughs) They didn't do it very long in this episode. But this is the first canonical time we'll see that in the series. They didn't... I don't even think they did that in the museum episode. Which I'm just realizing is kind of a weird place not to do it. Maybe they just hadn't thought of it yet. <laughs> it's kind of silly to think of how many like different pieces of media did the hall gag right. at this point. We see it all over the place in old movies and cartoons and TV shows now. But back then it wasn't like super common yet. 
This was back when it was kind of still a gag that could be done without being like, seen this one already. Unfortunately, this is where Daphne falls. <laughs> in my notes. Through a trap door. Now, the creepy thing is, as soon as she falls through the trap door, Fred's head turns backward. It wasn't like me I looking at it wrong. That. But his ascot is not there. It's like the back of his shirt. And he looks over the back of his shirt. A complete head turn 180 and looks down. Oh man, I didn't notice that. Now, I assume what must have happened in the animation room is they just redrew his head, didn't think about it. But right. that's a little easier to do than you think. Even though they are hand-drawn, usually, and I have a couple of animation stills, so I'd know that they only redraw what they think is going to be moving, and they've got a team working on it. Right. So I will have to cut them a little slack on this, but it is still, it actually threw me for a It was a little creepy, actually. <laughs> like, mind your own business. I'm telling you, this is an episode full of weird mistakes. <laughs> Maybe it's just that I haven't noticed others in past episodes so far. But that's two glaringly weird issues with this episode so far. I love them still, though. But I do love this episode. Makes it more creepy, and I It love turns it. out, though, that Daphne fell into a maze of passages that seems to be a secret mine, where they eventually see a little cord attached to a PA speaker, and so they trace it and find a bunch of jars of crude oil and mm -hmm. find the source of this moaning that's been going on the whole time they've been there. It happens to be a tape recorder. Mm -hmm. This... As you guys are aware, it's trap time. So, what they end up doing is have Shaggy impersonate a train over the PA system. And have Scooby get on a cart and ride it like a skateboard with a floodlight in front to make it look like a train. The 49er starts running away from it and they trap him in a mine shaft. It seems like he's locked in. The trap goes off without a hitch. And then Scooby can't stop, so he crashes right through the front. But fortunately, the, the dude's still caught. <laughs> it happens to be Hank the Caretaker trying to actually run the guest ranch out of business in order to buy the mine in the whole town. That way he could get all the oil to himself. Once again, very clever dude, so... It was like we were talking about in that fan theory about economic depression. Just another real sharp-minded dude mm -hmm. just trying to mess with people. Unfortunately, this one, it actually didn't run as long as the last one in Explanation. But that's because even though this is a great episode, it also doesn't have as many story beats. It's mostly the action in this one, I notice. I do think the mine was a very good place to have an episode, though. It's another one of those that you traditionally think looks kind of spooky is a cave. You know, you always always see caves and they're always spooky. Um, this is when I think they started to really hit their stride on spooky locations to me. I don't know why, but the museum didn't really... 
nothing about it even slightly made me think about horror. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like a campy little Scooby episode. But now, now they're actually starting to make me remember other horror properties. And I kind of love that. That was mind your own business. I mean... And I'm absolutely I can see in love why, with it. I can see why this is your favorite episode. I really can. And to be honest with you, this one gets my first real good nine. It's a extremely solid episode. I really won't give it a ten, though, because of the villain actually just looking like a normal Joe. <laughs> and I, I think we made a joke about it while we were sitting there watching I paused and I'm like I just like to think because they kept slamming the door to a closet that he kept appearing in in <laughs> his face I'm like what if this wasn't actually the minor 49 or they'd just be slamming someone's face in with the door <laughs> it, it obviously didn't end up being a, the real minor 49er but you know like, what if that wasn't even the guy they were after? Because he looked human. Completely. Right. <laughs> it could have just very well been a guy trying to take care of the grounds. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awkward? <laughs> One thing I also found a little sad about this is that in this iteration of the Minor 49er, he didn't have a pickaxe or anything. I don't know why. Why is that sad? I don't know why, but I just kind of... In a lot of art I've seen of the Minor 49er, be it fan, a couple of actual official images, I could swear he had a pickaxe. Maybe that was just me, but I know I've seen a few fan arts of him with a pickaxe, though, so... Yeah, but people like to add things in. Yeah. Maybe it's just my imagination seeing it in official art, but either way, super solid episode. (laughs) You guys, we are extremely sorry that we were not able to get this Halloween episode during October. But... It's still going up, though. We are finally through the spooky season. Very sadly. Very sadly. We love Halloween. It went Um, fast this year. I would love to extend my warmest thank yous for for this season. It was absolutely fantastic the numbers were looking good and hope your spooky season was spooktacular and spookerific <laughs> um from my heart to yours and from brit's head to yours we hope you have enjoyed this beautiful time with us here in halloween 2023 enjoy the two bonuses And we'll see you in the Minecraft episode coming out right after this one about the reveals from 121. It was going to be done during the Halloween season too, but we we barely even got the Halloween stuff out. So there is a bit of stuff that we do talk about that's a little outdated. It's not news anymore, of course, but... It's a nice little episode that we're still going to do because we did share our thoughts and share what mob we voted for. So if you want to hear that, we'll see you in the next podcast. Bye now.